Welcome to Back of House, Front of Mind, presented by Healthy Mind Menu. I am Angela. And I'm Paisley, and we will be your hosts. Healthy Mind Menu is an industry-led initiative that recognises a key ingredient in hospitality is its people. Our mission is to improve the lives and normalise conversations around mental health for those working in the hospitality industry. Each episode, we'll be diving into different topics related to mental health and chatting with experts and friends in the industry. So join us, sit back, and let's make sure mental health in the hospitality industry is always on the menu. You can visit our website at healthymindmenu.au for more resources and information, and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mind Menu. Before we start this podcast, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on which we are recording today, the Wadjuk people. We would like to acknowledge their elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today's guest is Craig Hollywood. Craig is the CEO and founder of Shortback and Sidewalks, an entirely voluntary organisation established in a Perth car park in 2015 to provide haircuts free of charge and free of judgment. Craig's also a keynote speaker travelling Australia, telling the story about the power of connectedness and the power of an idea. And his day-to-day role when he's got time is Principal Technical Officer at ACOM, a global engineering consultancy. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to be the first Glaswegian to be part of the podcast. Uh, Hopefully not the last. Well, look, uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Thanks for having us. No problem. So I guess to begin with, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you spend your days. My name's Craig. Uh, I am originally from Glasgow, came to Australia about 21 years ago. I work for a company called ACOM um, as a principal technical officer in uh, the civil engineering area, currently working on two major uh, infrastructure projects. Metronet, um, and I also am the founder of uh, an organisation called Short Back and Sidewalks. And Short Back and Sidewalks is a for-purpose organisation that breaks the stigma attached to members of the community in need, and we do that by giving free haircuts. And that's based in Perth, is it? So we started in a car park in Northbridge in t- early 2015, and it's now expanded to operate in not only Perth, but Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. Um, and it's just been growing ever since. And all on the power of the volunteer. Um, we are a volunteer-run organisation. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a community organisation currently. We've just received uh, federal government funding as part of the last um, federal election, which is awesome, and it's going to give us an op- opportunity to to really expand. Um, and the, the organisation itself, very simple in premise. It's we, we provide free haircuts for people. I'm not a hairdresser, the last person that you would like <laughs> to have anywhere near your hair. Uh, but I guess I know the power of a of a fresh new cut and, and more importantly, the conversation that happens with, with the person that, that cuts my hair and, and, and the, the barbers and the hairdressers that work for short back and sidewalks. It's very much about that connection and very much about that, that conversation piece, which is something that a lot of people tell us that they've, they've I guess, feel forgotten about and they are feeling um, you know large amounts of isolation. So that's where we come. Um, what was going through your minds when came up with short back and sidewalks back in 2015? 
It goes all the way back for me to when I'm standing in a living room. I'm about 14 years old. Um, I'm in Glasgow. I remember it being really cold. Um, I was surrounded by my family and we were all in tears. Um, and I heard the noise of a zip and, and I'll never forget that noise because it was at that moment when we knew that we had lost uh, our uncle um, who um, was in the next room and that, that zip and the noise was, was the body bag that he was in. And he was someone who we all loved and someone that we were really close to, um, but also someone that suffered from their demons and, and one of those demons was alcohol. Um, and I guess um, he lost his battle um, w with that. And hearing that noise and being in that room, even though it's something that's, you know, it's a, it's a horrible thing and it's a horrible situation, but I guess it, that moment lit the fire of empathy uh, in, in me. Um, and I guess coming from Glasgow as well and the areas that we sort of were from, um, it, it was a bit rough and it was a bit, um, I guess that was probably saying it lightly. Um, it had, you know, exp the historical elements of poverty, um, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. You know, it was it was very apparent as as kids growing up, and not with my family, but but just the fact that when you were living there and you you um, you could you could see that it was apparent. And and I just I've just always had that empathy for people who um, uh, are are in those situations and. As someone who I believe I'm a, like a, a team player, I always feel that um, you're you're only as strong as the the person who is in your team who's struggling the most. So um, I, I just look at I look at it like that from from a societal aspect, and that's the way that I that I operate. And that was the the instigator. And I came to Perth. Um, you know, you see Australia, and when you're in the UK, like all you really see is like neighbours or home and away or, or something like that, and you just think that it's just this <laughs> paradise, which which it actually is. But then you get here, and then when I got to Perth, and I was like, Jesus, you know, like there's people experiencing people experience homelessness here as well, and then it just every time I see someone who's experiencing um, disadvantage or poverty or or homelessness, it just makes me think of my uncle, and and that was how it started. So it all began with that point of connection and what you're calling that sense of empathy. Yeah, uh, the, fi the fire of empathy was lit in, inside me and, and I guess it, it, it continues to grow. And I think you're being a little bit modest here, but you're also the 2022 WA Local Hero and the uh, City of Perth Citizen of the Year. How did that really, um, I guess, grow short back and sidewalks in the last year and a half? And, and what's that looked like as growth for yourself personally as well? Uh, it's it's been a an interesting journey. I didn't expect for any of that to happen. Um, so much so that um, I uh, yeah had I had zero preparation for 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 that happening. And um, at the award ceremony, had gotten my money's worth um, <laughs> with uh, with the free free champagne that was uh, that was on offer. I had to get my money's worth being from Glasgow. Um, and then walked onto that stage um, as the uh, slightly tipsy 2022 Western Australia's local hero. But um, uh, I was just honoured, I guess, to be in the conversation with some of the other people that were there. Um, 
uh, Len, Professor Len Collard, um, the Wajak Noongar elder, professor of uh, Noongar language. There was um, Kat Anier. She was the, she's the CEO of Millennium Kids and uh, a chap called Ken Gibbons who's raised like $50 million for charity. And yeah, so I, I, I thought I was making up the numbers, um, uh, but uh, ended up uh, uh, winning that award. Um, and it just gave us a, a, a real opportunity to, to take the short back and sidewalks and the conversation into a completely different space, um, which then meant that we were going to Canberra for the for the uh, the National Australian of the Year award ceremony, um, uh, opportunity to talk to senior politicians. Um, at that point, uh, it was the opportunity to talk to talk with uh, the Prime Minister. Um, we went to uh, the the lodge for morning tea, um, which was. Uh, it wasn't your average morning tea. Uh, it was a uh, special uh, police sniffer dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you name it, it was all there, and and we were we were kind of told, um, you know, your messaging and your 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 message has got to be more on point than it ever has been in your entire life. You've got thirty seconds, and like you've really got to make this count. Elevator pitch. Yeah, it was like it was the it was the elevator pitch moment from uh, fr- from hell, uh, I guess. And uh, and one of the, uh, the 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 chair of the National Australia Day committee, a lady called Danny Roche, who's an absolute legend. She's an, a gold medalist in women's hockey, um, uh, and she uh, was particularly onto me, like because she knew that my um, my messaging probably could go a little bit um, off course. Um, and as we got to the uh, the prime minister, I was about two meters away. My um, my partner decided to um, she decided to point out the fact that there was a dog in 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 the garden <laughs> in, in, the, in the garden. Um, and um, and I bent down to like play with the dog, and, and you know I was like mucking around, and yeah, the outstretched hand of the prime minister uh, was like. Uh, the first thing I said, no messaging, no story, nothing. Just, is that your dog? <laughs> um, and he he was like, yeah, that's Buddy. Oh, he's a schnoodle. Oh, how good is he? Yeah. And uh, and then we were like, uh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, we've got a couple of dogs. We've got two Jack Russells. Um, and then just went off on one about, t- 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 <laughs> about the dogs. Um, and then with about... You know, with about 10 seconds to go, I just felt this grab on my shoulder and it was Danny Roche and she was just like, <laughs> Hollywood, but this is shows... not the time to talk about yeah, dogs, mate. You know, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. And then that was it. It's like, the power of the connection, though. He yeah. will remember you as the per- – he'll remember your dogs, hopefully the do- remember the dogs' names. Uh, but I think it's important to build with that kind of trust-building piece and then show the competency because yeah. – you can oh, and jump in and show all your badges and medals and, yeah. you know, uh, certificates on the wall. But I think having that actual connection is more important. And, like, exactly. And we got into that garden and, granted, I stuffed it, right? Because um, I was <laughs> the only person out of 33 people that probably didn't tell them why I was in the garden. But um, <laughs> but the next thing was was that the Prime Minister came over and, and goes, you're the dog guy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, pr- I stuffed that up, didn't I? 
and it, and then the next thing you know, like um, the Liberal Party, uh, they uh, gave a pre-election, a public pre-election agreement to short back and sidewalks, um, and then after that, the 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 Labour Party gave a, pr a public pre-election agreement to the short to short back and sidewalks. So like, we it, it, yeah, <laughs> we we were literally the only not-for-profit in the into uh, entire like all of Australia that got um, pre-election. Uh, agreements from both um, major political parties and I think without trying to say that in a show-off sense because it's not that's not the point it's like it kind of shows the importance of the work you know mm -hmm. like it shows the importance of the connection and it shows the importance of the conversation and the work that short back and sidewalks does and like even just that is a huge achievement but yeah I mean I could probably go on for hours and weeks about stories like 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 that that have happened and and it, it it all just comes through the power of that that genuine connection and yeah talking to people listening to people just being yourself there's nothing more beautiful than the fact that what drives a hero is empathy and we're talking about leadership and being who you are and mm. and that sense of authenticity to to feel to connect to be so real and people yearn for that I mean, we're talking about hospitality, um, you know, in this podcast as well. And and what drives hospitality is it's it's a people, it's the connection. Exactly. And as we've said as well, like we've just went through, you know, three years of of um, of a situation that has had a, a huge, a hugely negative impact on on so many different aspects, of, like of hospitality, but just in general, and and that connection and and. and that ability to communicate is, is more important than ever, you know. And I think even the uh, being a volunteer-based organisation, the connection amongst the volunteers of being able to give back. How many people are involved in Short Back and Sidewalks now? We've got about 70 people, 70 volunteers across Australia who are kind of in a more sort of managerial or like, as like kind of aspect. But so we've got, um, we, we operate it as a, I guess, a, a, like a, an organisation that that would probably be, you know, you'd consider to be a corporate organisation. We've got a board of directors. We're a registered and uh, not-for-profit with the ACNC, and um, we've got DGR status. We've got the board. We have a general manager. We have uh, a national operations manager. We have state managers. Um, we have a comms team. We have a, a marketing team. We have a fundraising team. And it's just such a wide uh, range of skill sets as well. Like, and what I think that we've managed to do is not only do we cut hair, but we've also um, been able to give people who might not necessarily immediately spring to mind as someone who's who's got those particular skill sets that can have a knock-on or a frontline impact. But it we we do, you know, we've got people who work for Rio, we've got people that work for Woodside, we've got people that have been in you know, in Canberra and politics, but it's an opportunity for them uh, alongside lots of other people, um, you know, to use their skills to have that frontline impact. And then now we're, as I said, we're operating all over the country. Um, and w with this federal funding that I mentioned, it's uh, primarily going to give us an opportunity to sp expand into the West Australian regions as well. So um, that, that funding itself will give us an opportunity to employ a staff member, which is the first thing that we've never we've never done that before, which is going to be exciting. Um, and just from that idea of having that idea in that car park to now, it's just, yeah, it's really, it's really awesome. 
and especially when we're starting to talk about employing people and all that sort of thing, it's, it's pretty good. It's amazing work. Thank you. So what does it mean to truly connect with someone and what, what is an empathetic sense of connection? Like when you're interacting with someone, what does it feel like and how do you truly engage? I had a phone call one time and it was, um, I was sitting in my work and it was a service provider from Perth that they phoned me and they said, oh, we want to speak to you about someone um, uh, who accesses the services of short back and sidewalks. And at the, at the, at the, mo- at the moment, at the time, I kind of thought, oh, this is going to be bad, but, but it wasn't. It was, it was someone who accesses the services um, and someone who had transitioned uh, genders. So when we met them, uh, they were female and they transitioned to male and they, they wanted to call me to tell me that that day the, a short back and sidewalks volunteer had referred to them um, as sir. Um, and that was like the first time that anyone had ever um, connected with them or recognized them in the gender that they now identify with. And like, f- it was like an earth shattering moment for them in, in regards to their journey and was like a real strong pillar of, yeah, of connection. And, and like, like we hear stories like that all the time about about short back and sidewalks and it's like the power of one word you know it's just like to truly connect with someone is to really understand them but also just we you know it's it's money doesn't money can't buy that sort of stuff you know like um and just the ability to to listen to people i think that's the biggest part of it all like um Unfortunately, I think people in need and people who are experiencing these particular situations, they do, um, they do feel forgotten about. So, even just for twenty minutes, for someone to speak or to listen, and, and and it doesn't necessarily have to be about anything negative about their days or their situation. It could be, you know, what's the best podcast you've listened to, or like, what's your favorite food how's that football team that never wins you know like you know it's like it could be anything so I guess when I'm thinking about uh hospitality you know when I think back have you worked in hospitality yeah I, I, I don't I don't even know if I would call it hospitality though is McDonald's hospitality yes, of course it, it is. is okay 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 did you wear a smile <laughs> <laughs> you would have I'm sure <laughs> yeah okay I guess I have uh, oh yeah and uh, I used to work at Subiaco Oval as well Iconic. Yeah, that is iconic. And also used to be like one of those people that walked around with like the like the the pie boxes. Like that's like even more iconic. <laughs> Just like hassling people as you walk through the stands. Oh, I tell you what, some of the like I don't even know if we can go into it on this, but I always used to notice, right, that the Eagle supporters, they were like they used <laughs> to give you so much crap, like when you were like walking around with like your your pie boxes, it was like get it away. Whereas like Dockers they were fine. And, and look, I'm not even a Docker supporter. <laughs> I was about to say, what about Collingwood? <laughs> <laughs> I did, I support Collingwood. Yeah. I can't believe we're just talking about Collingwood on this. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, so yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because in when I was spending time in hospitality, um, working in a cafe, I, I've never made more connections that I still hold to this day. And I think a big part of that was being intentional. Like you're there, you see the same people to just really stop and make an effort to connect, to uh, say yeah. hello, to ask somebody their name. Mm. 
um, you know, to listen if somebody needs assistance, um, to better understand that request, to help kind of solve any issues that might be coming up. Like I found hospitality really forces you to be present. Um, and then as you're walking through your daily life to actually just be able to stop to give people that attention. But it also requires you to just slow down. Mm. You know, I think if we're living a really busy life, you can't, or you feel like you don't want to stop. Like, stop, sorry, I can't talk right now. Uh, 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 you know, and, and you, you get so busy that you can end up not really connecting or plugging in with others. Oh, absolutely. It just reminds me of just like, it's just the simple things. Um, I remember like going to Japan once and we went to a really, really nice restaurant. Um, and I've never had this in my life. And there was three of us, we went into the restaurant they, they gave us like a glass or something. When we walked in, we stood around and chatted. And then when we, when we went to sit down in our tables, um, the three or four staff came out and like they started changing all of my, um, all of my table, like everything that was sitting at the table, like all of my stuff was getting all changed around. And, and I was just so excited because I was like feeling, <laughs> I was just like really happy, but I just didn't know why they were doing it. And then the food came across or the, whatever it was, the first course, and I just had to ask them, I was like, why did you, why was it only me that, um, that my table stuff got, got moved around, you know, my table setting? And they were like, because you're left-handed, so. Wow, that's amazing. And I was just like, oh <laughs> my God, like that, that connection or like that attention to detail. And then like, I just could not believe it. I was just like, I was like, wow, that is, that's hectic. But it was like, for, for from that moment onwards, I was like, I was like, these people really get it. Or, you know, like it's... Yeah, and it's the importance of, you know, using your peripherals and anticipating customers' needs and being able to bring that into play. Yeah. I mean, Angela, you are such a kind person. Angela is one of those people that does the small things and I'm always like, oh my gosh, yeah. how did you even know to consider or think about that? Um, but is it, is it in a person's nature or can we learn to to be more empathetic, to connect. I think we can. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you reckon, Angela? Oh, first of all, thank you, Paisley. That's very <laughs> kind. I, I think. Uh, by the way, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, you guys know each other, and yes, you do. You notice the small things, and I mean, it rubs off. So I think even being around you, I sometimes will be like, oh, stop for a minute, think about that other person. Is there something that they need? And it actually feels so nice to be able to do that for someone. Yeah. Oh, thank but you. How do you like that? <laughs> I, I think uh, you can learn that, definitely. So I had a background in consulting and I think a lot of the skills that I've got in that area comes from a consulting basis because it's um, – and, and I say this all the time when people ask me about my career, I started in creative advertising and it turned into creative problem solving. I always anticipate a problem, even if it's a problem that's not there yet, and try and work out how to actually solve it. So it does help in you know my job and my personal relationships by being able to actually think, well, what are, what is the other person perceiving as a barrier or what's something that I could do that could help them? So I think that that's something that working in the hospitality industry as well ties in because you can see, oh, that person looks a little bit lost. They might be looking for the bathroom or that person's just dropped their fork on the floor. They haven't even realised yet, but I'm going to go and replace it. I think it can, it can tie in and anticipating people's needs is something that can play in in you know, any environment, and it helps build the connection. As much as you extend that outwards, do you also bring it back? Like, how do we also apply that to ourselves as well, I guess? I think, like, it's, all, it's always just the real simple stuff. Like, 
I can just hear my partner talking to me right now, and because like, like we'll we'll go into like a like a bar or like a restaurant or like a standing in line or whatever, and I'll just end up talking to someone, and I'll, and and it's like you fo- like found out some sort of detail about them like within like two minutes, and like, and then sometimes yeah, it's it's just about listening and having empathy and being interested in in what others have got to say, I guess, and you know, and I think that goes a long way like knowing someone's name like like you know like if i think about short back and sidewalks like i'll i'll walk down murray street or wellington street or whatever and i'll just be like all right john how you doing and like you know and it might it'll it'll be someone that's short back and sidewalks um have um helped through the years or whatever but there's just that instant right respect you know and it doesn't really matter if you're in a situation where you're accessing a homelessness provider or you're CEO of a company or you're someone who's a wait a wait staff member you know like listen listen to the, what they've got to say listen to their name and I think if we talk about wait staff and hospitality like once again it's just went through the absolute ringer and you know the 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 big differences are just the simple things knowing someone's name remembering their name simple but I think it then opens things up um, to to go to to go on, you know, and I think it's so important to feel recognised as well, uh, whether it is somebody who's, you know, sleeping rough, living rough at the time, or whether you're a, a waiter, as you were saying, mm. because connection is two ways. There's not a one way connection, and it's, it happens all the time as well. Like you know, if someone's like delivering you a parcel, or you're looking for, you know, you're you're phoning up someone who's like who is in charge of dealing with that and. Quite often as well, you hear stories like even if you pick up, you know, Australia Post, and it's like there's like a message that says Im- just immediately before you've spoken to someone, Australia Post doesn't accept racism, homophobia, misogyny, and in in my head it's gone like, how the hell did it get like did it get that bad that they have to they have to preface <laughs> like before you even spoke to someone, you know, how did it get that bloody bad? that they have to they have to make something up like that you know and it's like at the end of the day that person's helping you they get like they're giving you food they're giving you like they're driving you home are we a bit spoiled do you think <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah. or maybe entitled like we're <laughs> yeah i remember my like my dad telling me when i'm a kid like people you don't mess with don't mess with people that are um uh preparing your food <laughs> important <laughs> don't mess with someone who's preparing you a pint don't mess with someone who's in charge of this, whatever. And it's just, like, I, I think those kind of values maybe are just kind of gone, you know, like, because I, I would, I certainly would never be cheeky to someone who's serving me food or, um, because, you know, you, you kind of got an idea what potentially <laughs> could happen. Yeah. Uh, Especially after the last few years that we've had, we're seeing labour shortages right across Western Australia and Australia. But we're starting to see more restaurants and bars that have signs up to say, you know, we may be a little bit slower than usual because we're, struggling with labour shortages or those kind of things. Um, and I am starting to see that customers are being a bit more aware of that. But at the beginning of, you know, coming out of lockdowns and lines up to get into places, people were a bit frustrated. But I'm hoping that we're seeing people becoming a little bit more empathetic around that. Mm. that, that and that's what it is, yeah. It's it's being empathic and mm. um, and and creating a, a, a positive connection with someone, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, break that sort of trance that we can get into where it's that sort of all about me. You know, when people are stressed, obviously the more stressed you are, the more survival mode you are, the more you're just going to yeah. probably focus on yourself. So you go into a restaurant and feed me, you know, and give me food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As opposed to just stopping for a minute to actually recognise what's happening around you. Yeah. 100%. Order before you're hangry, I think, and never go shopping hungry. <laughs> Uh, now, you used to be a presenter on a radio show on RTR. How do you think that's helped your, uh, you know, being able to build a connection? Look, um, it's a good question because I thought I was thinking about this recently. I guess volunteering in, in that area has definitely given, uh, provided a lot of really amazing skills. Um, and they're really transferable, transferable now with all the, the kind of short back and sidewalks things and the having to speak to people. Um Sometimes I do speak about other things other than dogs. So um, <laughs> us too. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, look, it's. I think volunteering is 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 really recommended as if you're into if you're into that sort of thing and you're into music and you're into broadcasting and media and things like that. Then supporting like a local radio station is huge, um, and it, and it's it's had some really really huge um, knock on effects for me. Uh, Particularly in the kind of media training space, being able to be on 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 a, on a podcast, being able to speak on television, uh, being able to speak on radio, knowing what you have to do in regards to your messaging and you know things like that. When you do only have a couple of minutes, it's it's it's, it's had a great it's had a great effect, and I think that's been a real driver for short back and sidewalks is having someone out the front of it who has is has got that ability to you know, to connect in that in that particular way. L looking forward and going forward when we start employing people and whatnot, I, I would really love for it, for other people to start sort of getting in, getting more involved as well because unfortunately I think it, it kind of just looks like one person's doing it all and that kind of kills me because um, cause it, cause it's not. It's not one person doing it all. There's a heck of a lot of people in the background that are helping, you know. Um, so I would like for their voices to be heard uh, as well, but we will get there. I think you're a really good champion of the volunteers, though, as well. I mean, even when you're explaining some of the people that you met over in Canberra, you say their name, their title. You're a real cheerleader for the people around you, and I think that that's um, something to be really, you know, really proud of. And I think that as you find those extra people to work in short back and sidewalks, they all push forward as well. It's exciting uh -huh. to see where it's going. Thanks very much. Thank you. So how do you balance and prioritise self-care for yourself? <laughs> You know, you've got a lot going on. You give a lot to others. Um, you know, how do you actually refuel? Well, if it was maybe about s six months or 12 months ago, my honest answer would, would be um, that I watch football uh, and drink six beers and scream at the television. <laughs> um, however... <laughs> It's a really interesting one because I, th uh, uh, everybody's different, right? Um, like, I, if I if I listen to like really really heavy music or um, like like, and when I'm saying really heavy, I'm talking maybe like in some sort of really dark industrial music or like black metal or something something that's like like really he like heavy stuff. It, it actually relaxes me. And 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 I don't know, I, I, I and I know that the immediate 
assumption is is that that music is anxiety inducing and and it's like um you know that's just chaos and whatever whereas like for me it's like the chaos is is calming mm. um so i don't know if i'm like a really good um poster child <laughs> but, no, but, I, but I, I think that makes sense yeah and 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 for me like uh when i like uh, when i work when i have like you know 200 things to do like like that's when i'm actually my most calm in a way mm-hmm. um which is yeah i don't really know how to how to really sort of articulate that in 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 a in a in a scientific way or but i, I can i can be calm in in the chaos and um however in saying that um i have recently started um going to acupuncture um uh and and i have also um started um meditating as well and and i think because i i'm a i'm an absolute novice um you know i i went to an eastern medicine place in perth and as it turns out the person's from glasgow which is <laughs> um which is quite ironic but but g- given the given the background of maybe the the engineering and the and the visual aspect of the way that my brain works is that the he kind of said that um, that you're better off meditating kind of visually. So looking at um, sp- particular um, fractal pattern videos and um, things that is going to keep your mind going, but um, but but from a more visual sense. So every every day now, I try to look for for around 15 minutes and watch one of those videos. It's like a fractal pattern video, um, which really ca- is really calming, um, and the acupuncture as well. But um, if I yeah, as a, I have to be honest, um, historically, uh, um, I haven't really concentrated on it. But um, as I'm getting a little bit older, and and as as things are really getting a lot more busy, it's something that I'm giving a lot more time to. And I was just thinking. So you've also mentioned that you do CrossFit. That's also you know I think high intensity is part of that piece that links in quite well as well. I mean I think I've watched some of those the CrossFit games before and yeah. seen people pushing these huge tires and dragging things around. And uh, I I think it really suits your personality in the darkness there. But how do you see that that uh, kind of complements relieving stress at the end of the day? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, um, It's going going to CrossFit um, down down at Grandstand in East Perth is... um, Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I've been doing it for about eight years and it's not something that I thought that I would have liked at all. And and it really is quite o- almost every single time you go there, like you're pushing yourself to a really uncomfortable place, um, and for me, that's yeah, that's that's where I seek comfort, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's yeah, and I've kind of noticed as well, like a the the people that actually do do like do CrossFit are like they they are quite similar. I think it's it's people that are that are into pushing themselves and into that sort of uncomfortable more uncomfortable space but but it but look it's not for everyone though like and i think that's why it gets such a bad reputation because it's it's quite hard and 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 it's it's not it's not something that it's not something that they say is it's going to be easy it's it's like you have to you have to really really push yourself to even just like when i started it it was like it, it took about three or four months to to really get over the the barrier of, mm. of pain and and one, once you're over that you're you're okay you know um 
You love that good suffering. <laughs> I feel like you'd be a good candidate for ice baths. Yeah. You know what I mean? Walking like, over hot it's coals. good, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's true, hey. It's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, but the more you think about it, the more you kind of realise that that's, that's probably, there is an element of that to it. Gratitude. I feel like we're really describing, you know, being grateful and mm. appreciating life. I mean, all three of us here having this conversation have all lost someone that we've loved close to us. Mm. And I think when you have those moments, they do, they change your life. But you don't have to wait for something to happen to slow down to connect. Mm. Exactly. You know, you don't have to go through a tragedy to open your heart. Yeah, oh, it's such an interesting one. Um like a lot of these people that I've met recently in in this kind of Aussie of the year space and whatever 90 95 to 100% of them have like there's been something that's that's instigated it it's like there's not a lot of the people that are in that kind of space that that are free of trauma but but like like you said Paisley it's like it doesn't you, you know you don't have to bloody win a, a bloody Aussie of the Year award or whatever, you know, like it's it's just about the the simple aspects. But yeah, it's it's about how you, I guess, react to to those particularly um, mm. horrific things that that can potentially happen. And it takes a, spe I think it does take a speci a special type of person that you know that that uses that for good, you know, like because because mm. we specifically with mental health and specifically with having a healthy mind and whatnot um there's a lot of people that are really struggling and 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 th but there are there are groups of people that are able to use it and and channel it into that kind of that positive space and it'd be interesting to get to the bottom of that I just want to read something out because we did send you a little questionnaire to begin with and we asked you what do you tell yourself each morning when you wake up and I think this links in quite nicely to what you're saying and I'm going to read it verbatim because it is wonderful. You've said you're awake, you're alive, you've got clean air and food on the table, live life, be yourself, things could be a lot worse and I, I think that's just wonderful, a wonderful way to tell yourself and to start each day and really tie that in because it could always be a lot worse. You don't need to have lost someone or to have a story kind of. To, to, to have appreciation. Yeah. Yep. Mm, I'm a for me, I think living in Australia is is a is a huge privilege. Um, like even just living in Perth, like like I feel really really lucky, like to to be to be living here, like to wake up when the sun is shining. Um, and I think that's it's such an important factor. I think is is the weather and the and the sunshine and and the, the cleanliness of a place is is really um, really important. It's like I, I just notice it that you know when you when it's like the winter here, and you wake up, and it can get can maybe get a little bit tougher, you know, like, but then it's only another couple of months and the sun's shining again, and it's like for another eight months or, or whatever. Whereas I just uh, immediately think of back home, and I'm just like, wow, like, it's so much harder to to operate when 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 it, when things are when things are darker and when things are colder. When things are raining and what and whatnot, it's um, yeah, but that's that's the way I think, and 
I, th- I think sometimes I've I've maybe had to try and change my attitude as well because like I I think having that attitude of oh it could be worse with everything that has has recently sort of come to the fore a little bit um, and I really really need to be aware of the fact that that particular attitude doesn't apl- shouldn't apply in in every aspect um, so I'm kind of I'm working on that a little bit um, but deep down I kind of that's the way that I kind of think. <laughs> So I guess um, in I guess in closing, as we kind of come up to that point, um, like how do you stay with this this mission? Like how do you remind yourself each day of what matters? How do you wake up with purpose? I guess being able to help someone or being able to do a good thing for someone on on any given day is 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 generally what what kind of drives us. Being able to use your skills, being able to use I guess your privilege in a way that actually helps other people is is something that's kind of really key. That that goes for ev- that goes for everything in my in my world. I guess you know, like like this whole journey uh, with with short back and sidewalks and whatnot is it's it's been pretty pretty difficult. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's been it's been easy because I'd just be a liar if I said that. So it's been pretty challenging, and and it's been something that you've had to learn to. To be adapt to adapt and pivot and be fluid and all that sort of thing, but at the at the core of it, it's just being a nice person and and wanting to help others for you know to to help society and th- and, and uh, that's that's what what drives it. Do- and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be like starting a national charity or, uh, or but it could <laughs> yeah you could you could do that but it could just be like um, speaking to your neighbour like you know like you know you don't know what's going on in other people's lives like our, our next door neighbour unfortunately just just lost his wife and even the fact that we stand out in the garden and speak to him is is probably a huge comfort for him you know and it's it's just as simple as that it could could it could mean just going round with a you know like a a half-eaten stew or like a a cake or, or or something like that and just being nice and um connecting with people um so yeah it's, it, it can it can be in so many different forms you know letting people's and let's letting someone in front of you in a in a line or it can it could be it could be as simple as that but you know you don't un, we don't understand i guess the positive impact that that could have on on someone's day and it could just be something really really simple thank you so much for coming in i feel like we could talk to you all day but we are at time and we know that you are very busy as well i don't know i could i could talk <laughs> i could talk oh well again. in that case actually <laughs> we'll extend the podcast room booking so should right. we talk about dogs again now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you so much for having us. It's, it's a real honour um, and I've been listening to the podcast. It's really awesome. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a real privilege to be on it. Thanks very much. Thank you. They say that you're only as good as the content you consume. So thank you for making the healthy decision to listen to Back of House, Front of Mind today, presented by Healthy Mind Menu. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and also follow us on social media. If you know somebody who may benefit from this podcast, please share with them. See you at the next one.